Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Look out. It's only films to be buried with. Hello and welcome to Films to be Buried with. My name is Brett Goldstein. I'm a comedian, an actor, a writer, a director, a cactus plant, and I love film. As Joyce Mayer once said, words are powerful. If you change your word, you can change your life. And if you change the channel, you might be lucky enough to catch Bad Boys 2. Fair play, Joyce. I love Bad Boys 2. Good shout. Every week, I invite a special guest over. I tell them they've died. Then I get them to discuss their life through the films that meant the most to them. Previous guests include Ricky Gervais, January Jones, Catherine Ryan, and even Ed Pamble. But this week, my special guest is the brilliant comedian, Miss Catherine Bowart. If you do enjoy the show and you want to support it and get more content, oh, go on, come and join me over at patreon.com forward slash Brett Goldstein. There's always extra guest questions. There's other things, some videos. But the best part of the Patreon is every guest has to tell the Patreons a secret, a proper secret they never told anyone. This week, there's a really great 15 minutes extra with Catherine and a really cracking secret from her. Give it a look over at patreon.com forward slash Brett Goldstein. I hope you're all well out there in this crazy time. And when I say out there, I do hope you're in there, locked somewhere, in a house, in a basement somewhere. Not in a basement, somewhere nice. I hope, you, I hope you're somewhere nice. Just hope you're all all right. So, Catherine Boa is an award-winning comedian, actor, writer, and podcaster who just launched a brilliant podcast this week with her partner, Sarah Keyworth, called You'll Do, which you have to check out. Catherine is funny, she is brilliant, she is wise, she is wonderful, and I loved recording this one. So that is it for now. I very much hope you enjoy episode 90 of Films to be Buried with. Hello and welcome to Films to be Buried with. It is me, Brett Goldstein, and I'm joined today over the magic of the ether by a comedian, a presenter a award nominee, an actor, a writer, a daughter of a deacon, a Irish person, a lover, a fighter and a legend. Please welcome to the show, the brilliant Catherine Burrard. Hello, how are you? Thank you for my Uh, applause. Hey, you're welcome, I guess, as a fellow stand-up, you're missing the sound of applause. I'm really missing it. It was honestly like nectar. Thank you. I uh, I really appreciate you cl- applauding me, given you just saw how long it took for me to set up my uh, microphone. And I'm sorry. Uh, Catherine and I are doing this uh, remotely because of the uh, apocalypse. And, um, <laughs> because of the impending I, doom. <laughs> yeah. I, watched, I watched her over FaceTime set up a mic. I honestly felt so exposed. I mean, I don't like other people to see how inept I am. And usually Sarah, my girlfriend, just sorts it out for me, which you then saw her have to do. But it was embarrassing that you saw just that I'm I'm 100 years old. I really enjoyed it. And it felt very, um, it felt like a good sitcom. You two, I'd watch that. (laughs) Really? Because you looked as you watched it as though you were aging 50 years. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Why can't this woman set up her um, stupid microphone? Um, my I apologies. Did think time, I did think time was slowing down, but um, <laughs> thankfully it marches on towards our impending doom. A great review of any sitcom. <laughs> um, Catherine. Yes. Uh, I, 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 how are you? We're in the middle of, we're recording this. I don't know when this will go out. I'm finding it very odd, I'll be honest. I'm fi- mm-hmm. There were episodes that I had recorded pre-apocalypse 
And I feel bad putting them out because it seems so weird to have these episodes that go out while everyone's in lockdown and scared and freaked out of people going like, oh, yeah, I'm having a great old time. I was just in the swimming pool. And you think, this all sounds mad. I actually prefer that we're recording this in the in the situation that we're in because at least we can be honest about it. How are you feeling about everything? I mean, I'm largely feeling confused that you were ever recording the podcast by a swimming pool, but I am <laughs> well. I'm okay. I know what you mean, though. It is nice to talk in like full admission of what's going on. Um, I'm fine. Yeah. Today is a Monday, so that feels quite like significant in some way. Your brain can go, ah, yes, a new week. We start our new life as indoor moles. Fine. <laughs> Monday moling it is. Here we go. Yeah. But I do uh, go through all the moods, I would say, mm. daily at this rate. And um, it's slightly overwhelming not knowing how long it's going to be for. I think that's my biggest yeah. stumbling block brain-wise is like, mm. but when does it when does it end? Because I like to control and there's no controlling this oh, and there's no planning this. We just have to go with it, which I guess I'll learn how to do. Can't wait yeah. for that. That or it'll break me. Yeah. It's a real, uh, like, I don't know if it's Buddhist or it's definitely like stuff they talk about in meditation, like a genuine, like, mm-hmm. you have no control, you have no control, be comfortable in the discomfort and you think, fucking hell, I'm really not. Yep, absolutely. Oh, it's like mindfulness on speed. Yeah. Like, it's horrendous. It's like, oh, can you not let things go and follow the river? Well, I'm afraid, my friend, there's a flood, so get on yeah. board. Can yeah. you not just chill out in this flood that is going over your head? Yeah. What's the matter? Just chill out. Just Who knows where the flood will go? Relax, drown. <laughs> it's terrifying. It's just a lovely flood. Yes, sure. It's Yes, there are reports coming in constantly that people are are drowning in the flood but you just gotta relax <sighs> i don't know man now you're you're locked in uh, with your girlfriend your partner sarah keyworth fellow stand-up mm-hmm. i mean how is it challenging your relationship is it any different i mean we're only on um, day four so yeah, i don't so want to say that's why I ask now. yeah <laughs> so i don't want to say it's broken us quite yet it has not we are fine Good. i am actually having major empathy and sympathy for people who are living alone because mm. i think for all that she might annoy me over the coming weeks at least it's kills some of the boredom and it's someone to play like cards with or playstation with or you know, scrabble with, as opposed to just sort of staring at my hands. But um, also it's somebody I find what it's helping with is it's making me do things I don't want to do. So like, like I'm exercising because I think she should, just so that she doesn't go crazy. Or like I'm trying to, you know what I mean? Like I'm eating well because I think she should. If I was by myself, I'd be like, cool, pizza and lying down it is. Yeah, that's interesting. But yeah. I'm like, fine, I'll cook a fucking vegetable. Fine. She, she, she's a growing boy. She needs the veg. <laughs> that's, and also I know if she doesn't exercise, she won't be tuckered out enough for a sleep tonight. Yeah. So I just, um, you know. Oh, I'm, you have to let her do a little run around. Oh, 100%. She needs a run around. She does. (laughs) Like all good sausage dogs, she she needs to tucker herself out. She needs to run around and then she'll get a proper rest. Exactly. So in that sense, it's good. Do I think that if we make it through this, it'll be a real testament to our relationship? Sure, I do. I do. Yeah. We shall see. You? Yes, I've really (laughs) felt like... I'm glad I'm not having an affair or uh, (laughs) I'm glad I'm not having an affair or like up to mischief Mm. because it would be so stressful now to be up to mischief and in lockdown with your partner because I'm very aware that you can't have a private phone call anymore. You can't have a... No. It's quite difficult to have privacy, mm-hmm. which is fine if you're all out in the open. But I genuinely was thinking, God, imagine if you're in the middle of some passionate affair. What a fucking terrible time to be in the middle of a passionate affair. It really says a lot about you that day four in, that's your concern. <laughs> um, I think it does. 
well, I mean, we're lesbians, so we live very intensely together, I would say. Sarah, like, being around all the time is pretty... I mean, I should say, we obviously work usually. We're out of work at the moment, so we're usually away for days on end touring. Uh, and so that is going to take some getting used to. I would say at the moment we're trying to enjoy the fact that we never get to see each other this much. Yeah. But I do think you have to, not for your affair, Brett, but just for well-being. I'm not having an affair. I'm just saying, <laughs> not a, not if anymore, I was having an affair, not anymore. this would be terrible. <laughs> But if not for your affairs, but for no. um, well-being or like also not killing each other, I think it's reasonable and good to learn how to say, which we've already learned because we've lived together a long time, to say, um, mm-hmm. I have to be, I need to be by myself for a while. Yeah. And and no one take offense. Yeah. So like Sarah does that and goes to the PlayStation a lot, and I'll do that and go to the bath a lot. Uh, oh, or like go read. Yeah, I know we're really lucky to have a bath. I do realise that. That's the dream. But I think it's okay to be like, I'm going to go down there for a while and I still love you. I just think mm. I'll be better company when I come back if I have a little time to myself. Yeah. I'll often go paint my nails. Lovely. What I'm saying is we're complete gender stereotypes, um, <laughs> despite our <laughs> lesbianism. She plays games and I paint my nails. <laughs> just to be clear. I'm not having an affair, nor am I planning on having an affair. But Anymore. Is, well, now that you can't. What no I'm planning. saying is, pray, <laughs> pray for the philanderers. No one's thinking of them. We're all you thinking know, of all, them now. <laughs> everyone's suffering, especially the philanderers. You're right. They're the real victims. And that's who I am starting a charity for. Yeah, beautiful. It's so important. It has to be done. Good. And this this month's Patreon earnings are all going to philanderers. I love that you're going to be the face of philandering now. That's so <laughs> lovely. That's so lovely. Yeah. Good. I've been growing this beard just for the uh, for the profile. Lovely. Um, <laughs> Do you think all philanderers have beards? No, I think they probably don't. I think they're very well shaved yeah. and groomed. Yeah, I think so too. I think if you're philandering, you're taking a lot of time. You need to look good to be a philanderer. Yeah, that's true. I think so too. I could be wrong. It might just be about money. Maybe you can just just have a lot of money and charm. But I'd have thought it helps to be clean shaven. Yeah. Maybe they just have two houses and freedom of movement. Who's to say? As I say, I'm no expert, but I'm feeling (laughs) for them right now. Uh, Amazing. uh, Catherine. Yes. Fuck. I've forgotten to tell you something. Oh, no. Is it that I'm dead? Oh, yeah, it is. <laughs> oh, uh, that makes you know? sense. No, well, you sent me the fo- the homework. I read the homework. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, well that's spoiled. I have nothing else to do, Brett. I read you stupid. I would no. never usually read a f- anything anyone sent to me to prep, but I was like, oh, fine. I want nothing else no, to do. No, you are. Fine. Well, you are actually dead, so... Okay, well, that takes care of that. I can't, but I thought it was going to be quite difficult to tell you that, but uh, you seem quite prepared. So that's I'm pretty all-knowing. Even the omnipotent die, I suppose. How did you die? Look, I died as it was predicted I always would. Uh, I tripped and I fell. But I fell into traffic. Oof. And as it happened, Brett, I honestly thought, yeah, that totally makes sense. Of course I fucking did. Really? Yeah, I've always been like, I'm, I have a very poor sense of balance mm-hmm. and I'm never looking where I'm going. I've almost been run down multiple times before and I will not learn. No, well, I hope not. And I'm very, I would say maybe the impact was some of the death, but I imagine most of it was shame with which I deal very poorly. So Right, okay. So it's 40% impact, 60% shame? I'd say so, yeah. Tough. Uh, how old were you when this happened? Oh, like 54. Okay. Like, not too young for people to be like, so young, but not too old for people to be like, mm-hmm. she lived a great life. It would just be like, People oh. would still say she was only 54 at that age. She's still putting only at the front of it, I think. Good. Good. I should hope so. But then someone else will go, yeah, but, she, you know, she had a full life. <laughs> and I'll go, what? Hang on. Is it worth saying I'll have told everyone I'm 46? Oh, shit. Okay, well, that actually increases the sympathy. Good, then. good, good, good. Then people will definitely say only. And and a lot of people will say she was literally just starting out. <laughs> <laughs> and you'll, you'll be like, what? Excuse me? 
I've done loads of stuff. Wow, I will haunt those people. Yeah. Uh, do you worry about death? Um, what a heavy question. Yeah, I'm sorry. No, that's okay. Only recently? Oh, really? Okay. Uh, do you want a heavy answer for your heavy question? It's, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's totally up to you. If you're comfortable giving a heavy answer, I can certainly hold it. I think for most of my life, from like mm -hmm. young teens to early 20s, I thought I would be what finished me. Okay. And I had an undiagnosed, very, uh, like, uh, very difficult mental illness. I had OCD, but I had no help with it. And um, mm -hmm. I thought that I did, I just didn't think I would be able to cope with it for very long. I didn't really think I'd make it to my 30s for that reason. And then I got help, uh, lots and lots and lots of help and medication and more help. And probably in the last, uh, it took me about five years to get to a place where I want, uh, kind of slowly and unconsciously came to the conclusion that I do actually want to be alive, hmm. um, which is a wonderful state of being yeah. but now I have this occasional new creeping in of like but what if I die um but I can't tell if that's because I think it's because of that I think it's also partly because I'm properly in love and when you're in love you worry about the person and how they'll take care of themselves and whether or not she eat any vegetables and who's going to take her for a run around the park yeah. all the usual stuff but it's very new and I don't I also weirdly feel calmer about it now that I'm happy because now I feel like, well, I had some good time. By the way, I had lots of good time before I was in my early 20s. I don't want to like disrespect my parents or my childhood or anything else like that. No. I just I just mean like I just I just didn't think I would be here. That's a you say that's a heavy answer and and it is, but it's also a beautiful answer. That's a nice uh, arc. So you went from wanting to be dead to wanting to be alive and now being scared of death because you like life. Yeah. It's a nice story. It is a nice story. It's true. Yeah. It's true. But I don't want, I, I find that can be belittled quite easily to like, it gets better, guys. Like, and it. No, no. It can. But I also was a daughter of parents with um, health insurance. Right. And that matters. Yeah, yeah. And I also was articulate and from a family who are emotionally articulate and who believe in therapy. And I had a good doctor. Yeah. And, you know, I, so I got all, all the pieces in place were there for me. So that was why I was lucky. Are there things you do, you, I guess, skills you learned that you still use or did it all just sort of end up just becoming normal? As in, in terms of like, whether you have to write lists or whether you have to, uh, you know. Yeah, definitely. I can't think of another example. No, that's okay. Lists, definitely, got. definitely. I think, uh, oh God, I hate to say it, but like, I don't sit down and do an hour of mindfulness But the practice and endeavor of separating my actual panic and feelings from what's really happening is quite useful and something that I do all the time. Mm. Also, um, this might not be like a breakthrough moment for other people, but for me, uh, I had a psychologist who identified OCD as like a, as a liar. And that was Go on. so like... Just because OCD threatens something doesn't mean it's true, right? So if you don't do X, Y will not necessarily occur just because OCD says it. Also, uh, you, like you won't die, your family won't die, or or like you can cope. Whatever it's saying to you, the opposite is usually true. And so being able to identify that and becoming distrustful of that mm. was really helpful for me. So being able to figure out which one's which and then remembering that it's a lie especially now like coronavirus is such a signal like um it is it's important to remember that it is a unique circumstance and it's not for the ocd brain to go aha i was right all along yeah. <laughs> um, it's like no 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 let's be clear the prime minister's giving daily press conferences this isn't normal uh yeah. so yeah lo but i mean also like 
medication was a big factor for me. It might not be for everyone, but for me, it helped enormously um, in being able to uh, sort of give me the stores to use to work, like to to deal with my OCD. Um, And uh, yeah, does that answer your question? Yeah, very much, Taj. I have one more question on it, if you don't mind. Of course. The the therapy that you had that identified OCD as a liar, Mm. did it also identify where that comes from where that is it is it is it sort of a, a sort of broken wire in the brain that is giving those thoughts or is it like what's the is there a, a route to where that voice comes from or is it just bad wiring there are multiple theories on that uh so some people i know it's biological difference in terms of brain wiring is the theory of some people um and also but it's some of its nature i think so like statistically people who have ocd are most likely to be are more likely to be an eldest child um mm. so it's an exacerbation of social messages and messaging around duty and responsibility and moral code mm. it's why a lot of people with religion have it but then mm. how do you distinguish those things from but then um but but fundamentally ocd is a coping mechanism right like it's a protection yeah. it's just an extreme like so some people go on diets some people have eating disorders and most people shower some people shower 24 times a day it's uh, they're not illogical urges necessarily they're just um for irrational reason so um, I don't know the I, I mean to a degree that is a it's a hard one to answer because it's not fully uh, decided on medically I don't think insofar as treatment also differs in lots of places but CBT really helped me as well I should say it's worth saying that I wasn't diagnosed till I was twenty three and I it was like somebody went. Oh, you know the way you think that's your personality? Yeah, no, 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 it's not. And I went, oh, but I'd been doing it. Like, I'd been yeah. dusting my room and covering books and cling films since I was a child. Like, my biggest and only real tear-jerking, like, like wailing tantrums were about my dad opening my curtains or making my bed instead of me doing it. Like, well, yeah. it's, of course, and it, but it's not, like, too late. I was in there, I was in... Mm-hmm. hospital with it and I was in treatment with people of all ages I think if you want to get better from it that's really all you need mm. it, like it's hard and takes a while yeah I bet but I, I I think wanting to is like acknowledging that it's a thing mm-hmm. that took me ages to admit that it is an illness and wanting to get better and also for me because of the things you do for OCD it rendered me quite depressed so having to deal with both of those at the same time and then sort of pull them apart as well. Do you still have it in any form or is it, like, gone? Yeah, I mean... Do you still have the urges? Yes, but not anywhere like what it was before. That's good. Um, like, this is a really interesting time for me because I used sometimes to be able to go outside. Oh, wow. So it reminds me a bit of that. Uh, and so I'm functional. I go outside. I can kiss or hug or touch people. I can sit in other people's houses and other people's mess. I can I can know the living room. This one maybe is a harder one. I can know the living room's a mess and sleep. Right. But maybe I couldn't I couldn't sleep necessarily with like the wardrobe door open. But I feel like I've come a long way. And um I don't clean in the middle of the night now. I, you know, I can sit with it. And But it is still like, I'd say at the start, it feels like 50,000 decisions a day to mm-hmm. not engage. Yeah. And then it feels like 45,000. And then like months later, it's maybe 20,000. But in like two years, it feels like 20. That's good. And now it feels like I'm, I'm still making 50,000, but I only notice five of them. Does that make sense? I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah. Um, and also my life is better. My life's yeah. way better. And it's definitely worth trying. Uh, but I do genuinely believe it's something you can get better from. That's good. I am not of the view that you have to live with it to a certain degree. Like, And also, like, you can't. Because every time you do the things that you do enough, mm-hmm. 
It's like, cool, here's a new thing. Oh, yeah. It's a real shapeshifter. Oh, yeah. It's a real shapeshifter. You got to watch it. Um, it is like every time I thought, oh, when I started, I would be like, oh, I've nailed not doing that thing. And I'd be like, when did I start doing that thing? <laughs> <laughs> so you got to watch it. It's a sneaky little shit. Um, yeah. Oh, well, fascinating. Thank you for share. Thank you for sharing. Um, I, what do you, do you think there's an afterlife? No. 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 And you're from uh, religion. Your your dad is is was a deacon. My dad is a deacon. I was raised Catholic. I was very religious till I was about seventeen, um, but I'm not sure that counts. And uh, <laughs> I was raised by a very Catholic father, a very spiritual mom who's also Catholic. Yeah, no, I don't. Did, did you just think it's lights out? I think so. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> and, it, and are you okay with that as a thing, as an idea? Yes, I think it urges us to behave and be better here. I always I always struggled with the concept that you would behave better for reward in the afterlife because to me that's not how... Mm. That's not true of humans. We're very bad at waiting for praise or reward. Also... I just think where I hold myself to the standard and I'm the measure, maybe because of narcissism, I will try harder and measure more. I think the hardest people on ourselves is ourselves. And so we're quite good measures generally. But I, um, no, I think when you, when this is it, mm. you make it count. So you, you basically feel exactly the same as uh, Mike Skinner of the streets. Do I know? Um, yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, I guess so. Well, surprise, Catherine. There is an afterlife. You Whoa! Fuck! My dad's going to be so smug. Oh, God. First thing you see is him going, in your face and jumping Told up Told you. <laughs> I can't believe non-believers are allowed in. I'm so shocked. Everyone's allowed in. Wow. Within reason. Within reason. There's a couple of no-shows, but we'll, we'll, we'll discuss that another time. <laughs> Uh, you're definitely going in. Uh, yes. And it's a heaven. It's got all the stuff you like. What? It's clean. It's, you know, it's uh, immaculate. And there are cinemas there and all anyone's interested Can in. Can I correct your... you? Yeah. I think my heaven would be one where I don't care if it's clean or not. That's exactly what, you know what it is? You can't even fucking tell. Yeah. It's amorphous. That's it. That's divine. Love That's, that. Like, I have brain space because I wouldn't even notice. Oh. It's quite, oh, I love that. That's heaven. Yes, please. And in, this, and in this heaven, everyone's obsessed with films. What are they like? Okay. And all they want to know is your life through film. And the first thing they ask you is, what's the first film you remember seeing? Okay. Yikes. I mean, I, I thought we'd have bigger chats in heaven, but I'm pretty glad. <laughs> no. No, that's that's fine. All right. I mean, still thrilled to be here. Glad it exists. I guess. Although I was looking forward to the sleep. You know what? Uh, it's Snow White. It's Snow White. Disney Snow White. That's what it is. If that's what we're talking Is about. It? Yes. Um, the first one I have like a vivid memory of. It was. I was torn between that and Bambi, but I think mm. Bambi is something that I just picked up from con- from like popular consciousness. And actually, it was my earliest memory is those dwarves in. The, were they working in a gold mine or a coal yeah, mine? Yeah, they were in a mine. I think it was gold or diamond. I don't know. Maybe it was diamonds. The sort of gr- very grainy quality of Snow White and her pale skin and that blue and red dress. And um, yeah, that is the one, the, definitely the earliest memory I have of movies. Watching it on TV or in the cinema? Oh, on a TV, VCR. Okay. We had all the Disney movies on video. Do you have brothers and sisters? Yes, but I I think this might be that might predate this might predate be when they would have watched a film with me because I remember watching it with my mom and I was the eldest by four years. Right. So I think I was quite young. It merges in my mind a little bit with Bambi and Pinocchio, but I really think it was Snow White that was earliest. That's nice. Mm. That's a nice start. Mm-hmm. That's a better starter than Bambi. Yeah, I, yeah, no, exactly. It, I mean, like, 
still patriarchy, but um, but no. Oh, so patriarchy, but no mum's getting shot. Yeah, yeah. No, like, no, like apparent death. Yeah, for sure, sure, sure. I'd take that over. I'd take the patriarchy over my mum being shot with a shotgun. Totally. And I became so obsessed with Snow White that mm. um, they do these books, so they still do them, I'm sure, and they used to do them. Where they get your, oh my God, I must have been so young because it was my first home address and we only lived there till I was four. But my aunt got a version of Snow White written with my name in, and people I knew as the characters and oh, at my wow. first address and blah, blah. Yeah, it was amazing. That's nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is the film that made you cry the most? Are you a crier? Yeah, for films. Yeah, weirdly film more than anything makes me cry. In life you don't cry? Uh, I do. No, I do. I cry less than I used to. Thank you, medication. Um, but um, I, the earliest one I remember being like physically like red faced in pain, couldn't cope. Used to sometimes watch it alone again if I needed to really feel my feelings was Stepmom. Oh, wow. Yes. Susan Sarandon. Yes. Julia Roberts. Julia Roberts, Chris Columbus directed it, The Man Who Made Home Alone. Yes, a lot of rude words and uh, so much crying. Too much. I, I watched it on TV3, which is the third of the three channels we had in Ireland at the time, mm-hmm. and then bought it on video and um, devastating, ripped my heart out. That is a proper, proper old school weepy, right? That is designed to make you have a cry sheer grief porn a hundred percent proper grief porn exactly yeah um do you like uh having a cry to a film depends on what mood i'm in i don't like being duped i'm fine with crying if that's what i knew i was signing up for does that make so, sense yes yes yeah, stepmom is not fucking around it's... no here it is she's gonna die yeah. strap in susan will be convincing Fine. You can sort of tell from the poster. Yeah. It's going to be sad. Someone's going to die. And you know, the quality of actor is like, yeah, I'm going to feel it. 100%. But I can't be doing with like stuff that seems like a rom-com. And then it's actually like one relative childlike teenager nurses other childlike teenager to its death. Like, no, thank you. I get Did you. not ask for it. Don't want it. Thought this was a light summer film. Yeah. Um, yeah, that would be my only condition. I want to sign up to it. Like, you mean like The Fault Amongst the Stars or whatever it is? The Fault in Our Stars. In the... I haven't watched that, but that's exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. It's like, I haven't no. seen it either, for the same reason. Exactly. I'm like, that trailer looks fun. No, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh-uh. They're meeting in rehab or some medical No, place. no, no. You can't fool me. No, <laughs> thank you. Yeah. One of them doesn't have long to live, I'm yeah. guessing. Yep. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Stadsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Um... What's the film that scared you the most? Do you like being scared? Okay, I'll tell you, uh, I never watch scary films. I hate them. Largely, I find them ridiculous, like absurd. I'm like, you're obviously an actor. They're going to call for lunch in a second. Can we all stop screaming? I don't find them plausible, but I also don't enjoy them. The plots are often very poor. And I, you know, 
I just, I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't enjoy it. I don't want to jump out of my skin. That's not a thing I'm enthused about. Um, thankfully, my girlfriend's even more of a chicken shit than I am. Neither of us <laughs> enjoy it. It's not what we're looking for in our lives. Uh, but in terms of things that got me before I got to decide that, uh, Roald Dahl's Witches was made into oh, a film with Angelica yes. Houston. Mm-hmm. And they took off the wigs and they had the bald caps. Oh, my God. No, thank you. Terrifying. That's a great film. It's a horrifying film. It's an amazing book. I loved the book. I'd read the book, so I shouldn't have even been shocked. But it was just like, oh, my God, this is worse than I thought it would be. Yeah. Angelica, where's your gorgeous hair? Horrific. But it has a happier ending than the book, the film. Because in the film, he gets turned back into a child. <gasps> In the book, he remains a, mi- a mouse. He remains a mice. He remains a mice. Oh, Roald. What a dark, dark man. Yeah. Mm. Um, well, I found it terrifying nonetheless. I'm not even sure I got to the end, if I'm honest with you. Oh, so you still think he's just a mice. So thanks for the spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> he's just mice in a bath. Mm-hmm. So you don't like being scared. It's interesting. No interest because in it. I only say this because, of course... Um, there's a big uh, parallel between comedy and horror. Is there? Yeah, because they both... A lot of death? <laughs> no, yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of watching people die. Yeah. It's the... the it's always the, sexist? It's so often sexist. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, <laughs> it's often uh, quite dates really badly. Yeah. There's never enough time for the minorities, ever. Yeah, minorities get always go first. Yeah. Here's the thing. St- structurally, rhythmically, horror and comedy are often the same. It's a tension, they build a tension, and then there's a surprise or a release, just like the telling of a joke. Horror relies on surprises in the same way that comedy relies on surprises. If you know where it's going, if you know where the punchline is, there can be some pleasure in it, but it's often rhythmically... Exactly the same, just one is designed to make you jump and one is designed to make you laugh. But that's a bit like saying, like, a surprise mm, a surprise mugging is the same as a surprise party. Like It is. That's a really... I mean, it is. No, but my that's point exactly is, like, one's, but one's horrific and punishment and one's rewarding and <laughs> oh, delightful. <laughs> but, the, but the sort of adrenaline and the thing... Uh, on paper is the same but that's exactly it horror is designed to scare you and comedy to make you laugh but you are a comedian you do you could make a horror is my point you just happen to not want to surprise mug anyone <laughs> yeah that sounds like a nightmare i just i i also just always wonder like who's watching this why are they watching this are they learning from this stop learning from this i just am like <laughs> Are they aroused by it? Don't be aroused by it. I just get, I get, I overthink right, it. Okay. I think like, what are you adding? I don't, whereas with comedy, oh, yeah, I suppose technically you're right. Thank you, finally. <laughs> but that is all I will concede. Okay. I'm going to put that on my poster. Technically correct. Brett Goldstein. Good. <laughs> um, what is the film that... People don't like critically not acclaimed, but you love it unconditionally. Twilight Saga. Not sorry. Not even a little bit sorry. (laughs) Listen, I hold my hands up high in the air and say I've never watched them. And I'm now a huge fan of both actors. The first film's incredible. It's I know this is gonna sound really lame, but like it really masters that thing of having the the music be a character. Like it really sets the mood. It's so eerie and tense. And it's so, it feels like a teenage crush in your stomach. Like, and it's so gloomy and broody and absurd. And everyone's so hot. And it has all the things you want from like a high school drama, but also great hair and makeup in a way that those never allow um and i just oh i loved it can you do a bit of the music for me no yeah okay as in i can't remember it in that like i don't think i could do it any justice 
Okay. But you could watch it. Also, the skies are amazing. I do like a sky. I do like... Everyone likes the sky. Obviously, it's trash. Sure, it's it's trash. But I loved it. Okay. That's a good answer. They get progressively worse, but the first one's banging. Won't hear anything against it. Don't they have a baby in the third one that grows at 12 times the rate of a normal baby? Yes. And then he yes, goes out with do, it it, He marries it when it's one years old or something. Yes, Brett. Okay. Yes. All of that happens. But if you're going to be an advocate for horror, then you can't be against the growing quickly no, weird you are childbred correct <laughs> thank you <laughs> uh what is a film that you used to love you loved it oh you loved it but you've watched it recently and you've gone oh, love it more. oh you're gonna judge me so hard we'll see i remember paying into the cinema to see and enjoy and then enjoying and then re-watching on the television Recommended to friends, really laughing my ass off at the old classic that is Shallow Hell. Oh, Boise. Yeah. It was bad. What about Shallow Hell don't you like anymore? <laughs> Are you joking? <laughs> it's so problematic. It doesn't make sense. The joke is that he would fancy fat Gwyneth Paltrow. It's almost more offensive now that it's her as well. <laughs> yeah. Because she, like, has a business based effectively on fat phobia. Like, it's almost so much more offensive. <laughs> and she's like, have this crystal to cure obesity. And it's like, fuck off, Gwyneth. Um, I don't know what she actually does as evidenced by my uh, pitch of her stuff just there. But, like... Yeah, I can't. I I am horrified. And it makes so much sense that I was a woman who... Hate, I am a woman who still struggles with disliking her own body. That that was part of the norm when I was growing mm. up. That that film was like, yeah, standard. La, 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 la. It's not like, ooh, what a mystery that we don't love our own bodies. Mm, <laughs> so confusing. Why won't millennial women get on board? Mm. Yeah, so that movie can fuck off. Yeah, I think that is entirely fair. I've said this before. The issue I have with Shallow How is it makes my brain hurt trying mm-hmm. to work out how the concept works. It's almost like a paradox. It's like the Terminator. It's basically, it, it doesn't, my brain can't compute the thinking of it, which is Shallow How is shallow because he only likes pretty, thin women. He falls in love with a larger lady, but in his head, he sees a thinner lady. But in the end, he learns, and the film is telling us as an audience, size doesn't matter. But to tell us that size doesn't matter, it shows us all the way through the film, a thinner lady. Mm-hmm. It hurts my brain. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make sense. It's fucked. <laughs> I mean, that's my main issue with it. It's just plot logic. Yep, yeah, but yeah. Okay, that's horrifying. There's my answer. What's the uh, film... That means the most to you, Catherine. Not just because the film. The film could be shit, but because the experience you had around seeing the film that will always make it special to you. Probably the original Little Women. I mean, no, I don't know if it's the original because there's the like The Winona Ryder one. The Winona Ryder one. I fucking love that film. Oh my God, it is perfection. It's perfection. Yeah. It is all of them... At their absolute fucking best. It takes you to that tiny, tiny world so effectively. It's like being hugged in a blanket for two hours. It's so hopeful and sad and beautiful and rustic and like political and vocal and articulate, but also charming and silly and fun and I loved it. And it breaks your heart in the way that you knew you were signing up for it. Because, come on, it's Winona. And um, I probably watched it, oh, I'd say 50 times. Oh, wow. Because uh, I would watch it at least once a year at Christmas. And then once a year, sometime my mom was off work or we were having like a sick day. 
And then just like if I needed to feel my feelings. Mm. I love it. 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 So it was something for you and your mum. Do you have brothers and sisters? You never said. I know you're the eldest. Yes. Sorry, yes. I have... Um, but as in, is it sisters or brothers or both? I have one brother and one sister. Okay. One of each. Did you watch it all together, Little Women, or is that just you and your mum? No, it was more of a me and my mum thing, or I'd go around the corner and watch it with my best friend, Karen. But um, it just was like, if it was really raining or the, or there was sort of snow, I, it was always like, oh, mum's going to make some hot chocolate and we're going to watch Little Women. Uh-uh-uh. Let's all choose who we are today. How exciting. Who would you be? I mean, I always thought I was a Joe, whether yeah, or not I actually was. Do you think? Yeah, of course you're Do you say that to all the girls? No, no, you're a Joe. You're a Joe because you're very creative and Joe was getting out there doing the stuff, right? I do worry that we're all going to become Joes, by which I mean put on terrible, terrible plays in our living room now that this is happening. Yeah. I did suggest that to Sarah the other day. She did not take kindly, so... Gonna have to wear her down before we do a double act. Pretty rude. Uh, thoughts on the new Little Women? Loved it. Really did not want to. Mm. Walked in there. It's, it's not as good, It's but it's amazing. Yeah. It's not as good because it doesn't have the sentimentality, but if you flipped them, I'd probably think the other way too, right? But I walked in being like, well, this isn't going to be like the one I love, but fine. I'll support a female-made film. Yeah. I'll support people knowing about this book. Fine. Let's see it then. I can say Sears like the best of them. Let's go. They put it on and I was like, uh, what are you doing? For the first three minutes, right. the time yeah. choices, I was like, no, no, you can't. I know. I almost shouted and heckled in the cinema. I was like, you can't start there. <laughs> then I was like, oh, actually, this was a very smart way to differentiate this film. And a very nice way of telling the story. And I like that Amy got some humanity yeah not that i i still think kirsten dunst i love to hate her in that film but it was nice to see her get a different uh spin and a, and a, some compassion in this version i thought it was great i think it's brilliant i think uh, i think burning her book is the worst crime anyone's ever done agreed uh, agreed. i think i felt there was more vitriol from kirsten's amy and less forgiveness from Winona's, which I found more true of somebody who creates and also of any sister dynamic. Yeah. You don't just let it go because she looks sad. You hold it in your heart for years. But doesn't she let it go because she nearly dies and then she goes, oh, I guess I would have missed you, actually. But I feel like there was more time between those in the original. Right, right, yeah. I think that may be true. And I was just like, ugh. Also, like... You can almost die and still have pissed me off. Come on. <laughs> no, I don't think there's an afterlife. I'm fine with it. It's <laughs> uh, good to know. Yeah. What is the film that you most relate to? The film I remember most being like, uh-huh, that's me. Parent Trap, Lindsay Lohan. Why, you ask? They had red hair and freckles. Oh, wow. That is it. That is it. That's so relatable. Haven't been to summer camp. Haven't got divorced parents. Haven't tried to trick them to get back together. I'm not from Britain. I'm not from the US. I've never duped fully grown adults. I don't have a twin. But I think the thing is, that came out around the time I was also obsessed with uh, Tia and Tamira of Sister Sister fame. Mm. So for me, it was like a white ginger girl version of that and I was like finally this could happen to me so then I would wander around parks looking for my twin I think I scared a lot of other ginger girls I really love that because it is about representation and (laughs) oh Willie you finally saw someone that looked like you on the screen you're like yeah finally (laughs) (laughs) it's important okay so important essential good answer uh, what? Oh, here we go. Here we go, Catherine. Mm-hmm. What film is the sexiest film, Catherine? Uh, okay. Okay, let's do it. Okay, okay. Uh, well, I'm not allowed to say Dirty Dancing, apparently. So. Oh, you can if if you've got like a hot take on it. It's just a lot of people have said it, but you can say it if that's your one you want to talk about. 
I don't have a hot take, except that when the two women used to dance together, good morning, hello, I'm awake. But also, weirdly, meet Joe Black. I have a strong memory of a swimming scene. Yes. Yes. Also, he looked like a lot of my girlfriends now do. So <laughs> That's so true. You know? That is true. Yeah. I think they definitely, uh, those two were big parts of me being like, okay, hello. All right. Here we are. This makes it sound like I'm or like being awoken as a bizarre like American radio host every time I have sex. Okay. Hello. Good morning. <laughs> How you doing today? <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> All right. Let's get it started. <laughs> This is happening. All right, let's do it. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> Cover your eyes. Um, what is... Oh, there's a subcategory. Yes. Troubling boners, worrying wide-ons. What film did you find arousing and you thought perhaps you weren't meant to? Casper the Friendly. Casper the Friendly Guys. Ghost. Casper himself? Casper yeah, Both as ghost and boy, I found quite sexy in a confusing manner. And yet you think there's no afterlife. I know. I can't think like that or I'd never get anything done. I just have the horn the whole time. Casper <laughs> <laughs> is a very sad film. Yeah. But I think the combination of him and Christina Ricci, I but again, the, the boy who played him when I was a kid... Also looked like a sort of demure, moody lesbian. So mm. I had a type. A friendly ghost. Young Leo. All in the same category. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, Casper. Um, I've never heard anyone aroused by Casper. No crime. No judgment here. <laughs> I thought everyone was as well. Like, I remember trying to have that conversation a few times. <laughs> So we were all, no, no, jokes, me neither. <laughs> Funny take from Catherine the Comedian. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, anyone here asked by Casper? Hey, hey. <laughs> I wouldn't mind getting friendly with him. No, it was terrible. I won't say that again. I'm so sorry. Um, what is the film that you could or have watched the most over and over again, but I suspect it's Little Women, is it? Yeah, it is that, really. I, I could make something else up if you'd prefer, but... Yeah, no, it's that. I'd rather you spoke from your heart. Oh, actually, there is. I, the only other one is Death Becomes Her. Love it. I fucking love that film. I love it so much. And um, First Wives Club. But I think I think probably Death Becomes Her. I love that film. They're just amazing. They, what a double act. Yeah. They're incredible. Okay. You can have that. Thanks. Objectively... What's the greatest film of all time? I'm going to say Death Becomes Her. I just remembered how amazing it is in my last answer. And I decided it's the best film of all time. P.S. Can we change the question to subjectively? (laughs) I don't know. That's like being asked to choose your favorite child. Like films, there's no objectivity. It depends entirely on how I'm feeling, where I've been, who I've seen, what I'm doing, what I have on tomorrow, if I'm on my period, if I've had a breakup in the last year and a half, if I've had a breakup in the last decade that was significant. Like, I don't know. You can't say it's objectively the best film ever. I don't know. I just did. It's probably a film I haven't even seen because it's in a different language. You're asking me to measure such a small portion of them. No, actually, I take back my answer. I will not answer that absurd question. And I'll tell everyone in heaven to it. No, I'm going with there is no such thing. You're going with death becomes her. I hate you. (laughs) (laughs) Catherine Boa has chosen death becomes her as the greatest film of all time. I'm so mad. And that's (sighs) fine. That's fine. It's your choice. (laughs) There are a lot of people going like this. Huh. Okay. 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 I don't, no, they're, I, that's not my answer. But also, even if, no. even if it were, they, could, they don't get to be judgmental. It's better than something pretentious. Oh. Imagine if I was like, it's Amelie. It's Amelie. I think there's a lot of people delighted by your answer. Me included. Sure, sure. What's the film? Oh, let's do this quickly because I don't like to be negative, particularly in such trying times. 
Okay. What's the worst film you've ever seen? AI by Steven Spielberg. How dare you? It's legitimately the biggest pile of trash I have ever had to pay to see. Oh, I do not like this at all. I think it is awful. I think you are awful. It made me feel nothing. Wow. Maybe you're an AI robot. If I were, I'd have had more empathy for them, please. Why do you not like the incredibly underrated film AI? It's just so painfully self-indulgent. And the kid is wooden. He's playing robot Pinocchio. Yeah, but I, you, Pinocchio you actually care about. Blah. <laughs> Barf. What an answer. Blah. So just for the record, not that I judge anyone on this show. Everyone's objectively, it is the worst film ever You've made. You've said objectively the worst film is AI. Mm-hmm. And the best film, objectively, is Death Not what I said, because objectively there's no best, but objectively this there is, is a worst. It, I haven't been this angry since John Dreamer was on this show. <laughs> I truly feel it in my bones. Like, I hated it. Wow. I was so angry. I spent the whole film thinking about the things I could have spent my money on. And I went to see that when the cinema wasn't even that expensive. What were, what were a couple of things you uh, thought of? Uh, I could have bought so many bath bombs, so many sweets. It was a fucking crime. I was robbed. I want that money back. Robbed. Stupid Spielberg. I think it's a, f- a good review on any film by so I could have bought a couple of bath bombs. Yeah. Instead. And I, I don't even have a bath. I hated it. This, is, this has been trying, I'll be honest. <laughs> Sorry about it. Truth is hard to hear. This has been very trying. What is the film that... You're in comedy, right? You're an award winner. Or nominee. <laughs> what is the film that made you laugh the most? I'm going to answer the question, but before I answer the question, I have to tell you that when I watched this film, Mm -hmm. I was more drunk than I've ever been watching a film, which is to say I was just about capable of remaining awake. Okay. And no one has ever found anything funnier than I did Pitch Perfect 1. I love Pitch Perfect 1. With about three and a half bottles of white wine in me. My God. The one who whispers everything in the, under their breath? I couldn't breathe. I would have to pause. <laughs> I didn't have time on my hands. I was falling asleep, but I still had to pause. Incredible stuff. <laughs> uh, I think you're back in the game. I think I'll regret that answer for as long as I live, but there it is. Three and a half bottles of wine. Couple of women being snarky to each other. Fuck me. Yes, please. Very funny. Funny film. Catherine, you've been wonderful. Now, when you um, you were fifty four, I believe, uh, and you were, <laughs> you were walking. It was the band. The band. Forty six to you, Brett yeah, Goldstein. You told me forty six, but when <laughs> I went to check with the coroner, he was like, "You know, she was fifty four. I was like, "She didn't look a day over forty six." Are you shooting me? Uh, anyway, it was Too kind. weirdly at the time when finally crowds were allowed to get together again. And um, it was the first stand-up gig. You're on your way to do a gig, an actual gig, not one over Skype. And um, mm. but you—it's dist- going to take till I'm 54 for comedy to come. <laughs> you were distracted, and uh, you were thinking your thoughts, and um, and you tripped straight into traffic. And the thing is, the impact of the car—you would have survived were it not for the 60% shame you felt. <laughs> and you fell into the street. You could have got up. Frankly, it wasn't that bad. Because it, it was in London, the car was only going at 10 miles an hour, mm-hmm. and I've seen for the adverts, you're absolutely fine. But you lay there until you died. You actually died of starvation on the floor. <laughs> uh, and I was walking to the gig as well, and I was like, what the fuck? Is that, is that 46 year old Catherine? I haven't seen her since the lockdown. And I went over and I said, what are you doing? And you went, shh, I'm embarrassed. And I was like, oh. <laughs> So I went and did the gig. I came back a few weeks later. You were still there. I was like, are you still? And you were like, I'm fucking starving. And then <laughs> I went away, came back, I was here, and you were, you were finally dead. But because of the time and the cars going past and the weather and the summer, uh, your body had, like, 
melted into the tarmac. You were stuck to it. It was very hard to get your body off. I had to get a fucking digger. I had to, like, chisel up bits of tarmac, wow, bits of you. Wow, graphic. Gosh. I got a coffin. It was the size of you as I'd known you as a 46-year-old woman. But, in fact, because of all the tarmac, there was a lot more of you than I'd planned. <laughs> So I have to chop you up, stuff you into this coffin. Oh, my God, harrowing. I, f- I finally get all of you in there. I mean, really smashing it in. It was a nightmare. But I get it all in, don't worry. The problem is there's only enough room in the coffin for one DVD. To slip in the side. Right. You can take over to the other side. And on the other side, it's movie night every night. One night, it's your night. Which film are you taking to show everyone when it's your turn in heaven? Does it have to be one of the films I've already said? Doesn't have to at all. Okay. Then it's, but I'm a cheerleader. <laughs> Talk me through very briefly, but I'm a cheerleader. <laughs> well, if I'm only bringing one and it's to the afterlife and all these people are only going to talk about films, I want to yeah, mix it up. Get it out. I want to get ahead of the game and make clear, because like, you never know, there could be some homophobes in uh, heaven. So you want to be like, what up on the gay? Um, but the film tells you for them. I don't have to explain that I was attracted to Brad Pitt, but he ultimately would prefer if mm. he was a woman. I mean, I'm bi, so I fine, I would have sex with Brad Pitt. Fine. Okay, are you happy now? But <laughs> my point is, um, I would want something that like introduced me. Also, like snarky, unnecessarily moody, rude, unexplained levels of aggression would be something I would also want to be like par for the course or at least to be a discussion to be had in heaven because I feel like I'd get bored really quickly and become quite a teenage like state uh, Mm. in like I think if I was in heaven for too long so um that would do hopefully be explained for me a lot uh, through the film Mm -hmm. I could refer them to that and also, I just think everybody else would bring like really high quality, yeah, well made, well scripted. Casablanca, so this is it. Yeah, like, I, we've watched Titanic so many times. Too many times. Can we just not? You've watched like, Titanic with people who were on the Titanic, and they yes. are, and they are like, "This is shit." It was not like that. Yeah. <laughs> it was what the, um, uh, but yes, that is uh, that's my choice. It's a wonderful choice, Catherine. Is there anything you would like to tell people to? Look out for or listen to. <laughs> uh, I'm assuming nothing uh, live for now, but really... nothing live for now. But um, I will eventually be back on tour, hopefully, um, and hopefully, if the fringe goes ahead, I'll be there. But assuming neither of those things happen or anytime soon, please listen to my new podcast. Yay! It's a great idea. What's the idea for this podcast? The podcast is actually only going to be announced tomorrow, so I'm telling you in advance, but I don't think this is going to go out for a while. This won't come out tomorrow. Great. Well, um, Sarah and I have a new podcast, Sarah Keyworth and I, and my girlfriend. uh, I have a girlfriend. Her name's Sarah Keyworth. And we have a podcast, and it's called You'll Do. (laughs) And it is about the unromantic side of romance because all we ever see is hashtag couples goals and absurdly perfect portrayals of love and long-term relationships and we were like fuck that it's mainly boring repetitive frustrating tedious like lovely obviously but like rows about farting and we can't pretend it's not any longer so we interview People in relationships we've had uh, Nish Kumar and Amy Annette and wow. Deborah Francis White and Tom Salinsky and lots of people, Joel Domit, Hannah Cooper, loads of people have come on and talked to us about how they make love workable. So have a listen to that. That's a great idea. It's great. Thanks. Um, Catherine, thank you so much for doing this. And, uh, Thanks well for having for me. Thanks for getting the mic done. Um, <laughs> I didn't. Sarah did a, it for me. <laughs> have a lovely time in uh, quarantine and the afterlife. And I will... Let's say good night. Good night. Good night. So that was episode 90. Head over to patreon.com forward slash Brett Goldstein for the extra 15 minutes of chat with Catherine and to hear her secret and to watch some videos and get involved with the Patreon community. If you could go to iTunes and give us a five-star rating and write about the film that means the most to you and why. If you do that, it helps the numbers, sure. But the best part is you can have a look at what people have been doing. The stories they tell. Oh, moving. At the end of the day, let's call it what it is. Thank you so much to Catherine for doing the show and for being so great. Thanks to Scroobius Pip and the Distraction Pieces Network. Thanks to Buddy Peace for producing it. Thanks to Acast for hosting it. To Adam Richardson for the graphics. Lisa Lydon for the artwork. Come join me next week 
for another amazing, incredible guest. But in the meantime, I mean this sincerely. Have a lovely week and please be excellent to each other. Sometimes I dream of becoming an actor. Have you ever dreamt of becoming an actor? Maureen, what is it you think I'd do for a living? Never mind, sounds like you need the New York Film Academy. NIFA offers workshops, BFA and MFA degrees and summer camps in filmmaking, acting, journalism and more, online and on campuses across the globe. To make films alongside industry professionals, explore more at nyfa.edu. Thanks, Brett. Thank you, Maureen. Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.